0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome, once again, to the Lucky Mojo New Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of CliffLowe.com in scenic Phoenix, New Jersey, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, Tower, California, and Conjurman of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest, Heidi Holton of HeidiHolton.com, and Boone, North Carolina, for our Oracle special on tea Leaf Reading. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual voodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Katherine Ironwood and Contraman. Ms. Kat?
1: Hi, Clifford. How are things going in
0: your world? Things are pretty good. I just got back from an astrology conference in Colorado, and things went fantastically well.
1: Wow. What was the, uh, the news
0: from the astrology conference? What's new in astrology this year? Oh, um, uh, uh, more diversification efforts uh, up front, and for me, uh, some lecturing opportunities.
1: I see. Well, I'd wondered if anyone had, you know, um, you know, thought using astrology have predicted any new upcoming disasters or any new good times.
0: Um, I I, I was focused elsewhere. There's more of an interest in astrological magic right now that I paid attention to, but uh, the predictions are always all all over the place.
1: Uh, As always, predictions in astrology um, uh, tend to um, uh, kind of run in cycles. You know, everyone goes, oh, no, we're in for a really bad set of time, and eventually all the astrologers get on board and go, oh, my God, what was that? Um, And then... uh, there's always the optimists who are always looking forward to the next good cycle because uh, astrology is kind of like the weather. You know, it comes and goes. It changes and flows. So congratulations on um, being out there in the astrology world. I'm very proud of you. And astrological magic is something that not every astrologer does. And you do it, and that is good to hear. There are other astrologers in air who also do astrological magic, and uh, contraman is one of them, and uh, oh, there's mm-hmm. a bunch. Well, all right. Um, what I'm doing here is um, preparing myself for a delayed house cleaning. So usually I do a shop cleaning at the first of the secular new year, and then I do a spring cleaning in my house, But this year, what with everything, there was just too much of everything, including COVID. I didn't want to, you know, hire cleaners. I have a 12-room house. I usually hire someone to help me. I'm getting old. I just didn't want them in the house because, you know, half the cleaners don't want to get vaccinated and the other half of them don't care if they have COVID or not when they show up. And um, so I didn't do my spring house cleaning. And my daughter, my darling daughter, Althea, said, well, what do you want for your birthday? By that time it was May 12th, so it was already past the first day of spring. I said, I want a house cleaning for my birthday. And she goes, okay, we'll do that. Well, (laughs) come come Labor Day, (laughs) she says, hey, we're showing up tomorrow. We're going to clean your house. So um, uh, Matt, Max, and Althea. Uh, are going to show up and we're going to clean house with Nagashiva and I. We're going to have a whole, probably a six-hour house cleaning. That's two hours per room. We'll see what we can do. We're hoping for the best. That's my news. On the other, In other news, I have been packaging double shoestrings like it's going out of business because it is going out of business. Uh, getting herbs these days mm-hmm. and roots is very difficult. We had to stop selling double shoestring wholesale for quite a while because everyone was buying it wholesale, breaking the packages open, this is selling one little piece at a time. But we got in um, this summer's harvest, and um, so glad we did, because now I'm just sitting here day after day packaging little packs of Devil shoestring. String. We will soon have it for sale wholesale again. All will be well. Seasonal herbs, that's what it's about. And um, the other thing that's going on here is... Um, I'm taking suggestions from my friends and fans and followers. You all know that at Hoodoo Psychics, every time I go online, I put up my what I call my little flowers, right? This would be a little picture of a flower, which has been uh, uh, photoshopped and, and made beautiful by Nagashiva. And then I write about the flower, what its use is in the Victorian language of flowers or floriography. And I'm starting to put together um, a website. We're nearing, uh, we're over 90 of these flowers now. And I'm starting to put together ideas. So here are the ideas. And if anybody has an idea, just type it in the chat. Number one, yes, there will be a web page. It won't have my advertisement for being on Hoodoo Psychics. It'll just show the flower, the name of the flower, and what it's good for, and then the text that I usually put in saying this flower is has the meaning and symbolism of such and such. That goes without saying that I, my patrons will pay for that. They will pay me at the rate of about $2 a week for me to make these pages, and that will be great. But then what do I do with them? And so that's the real question. Do I make a floriography oracle deck? or do I make a full color 96 page floriography book? That's it. Those are your choices, folks. Please write in the chat. Do you want do you, and, and if you say both, then then what do I do? Cuz that's a lot of money to invest. Full color 96 page floriography book or a floriography oracle deck that you can shuffle through. Please make a a, a Nagashiva put in the chat. Both perforated. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think not. Well, so far nobody's even answered. None of you have a none of you have a clue what I should do. I've put in a lot of work on this. And it's really going to be one of the few things that Nagashiva and I will take both full credit on because he's done the art for it. So one more time, going, going, gone, floriography oracle deck that you can shuffle and pull a flower and or a <laughs> – Ramona, the other truth, says both. <laughs> okay, Ramona. Uh, or a 96-page floriography, full-color floriography book. Okay, deck, book, deck, book. Mickey MSB1, we're fine. Pay attention. Do you want the book or the deck? <laughs> okay. All righty, folks. That's, that's how things are here. How are things with you, Conjurman?
2: Things are quite well, although I do want to know, how are you surviving the heat? Uh, It is weird having a massive heat wave across the country, east coast, west coast. Uh, The east coast and the west coast are hot. I'm pretty sure the southwest and east are hot as well. But uh, this Labor Day weekend is supposed to hit uh, triple digits. It's going to be the hottest uh, temperature in September ever, from, from what everyone is saying. And it looks like it's already getting there. I mean, it was, it was uh, 102, 103 uh, this afternoon. I don't know what it is now because I've naturally been hiding away in the air conditioning. But, yeah, we are, we are reaching uh, really crazy, crazy temperatures right now. Uh, so everyone stay safe, stay healthy, drink lots of water, stay in the cool shade. If you've got AC, turn it on. But also if you're in one of those bigger metropolitan areas, you know, uh, in the in the cooler times, preserve as much power as you can because you want to avoid blackouts and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been wild. What about you? Are, is it hot where you all are at? I know it's a little bit oh, more temperate in your region, but it
1: still gets hot, right? It's very 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 hot. It's um, unbearably yeah. hot. And uh, right now, Sonoma County where I live is under a fire watch. You know, it's terrible. And the town of Weed just got oh, wow. burned down. Yeah. God. Um. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This so, is. This, is, this is, These are not natural temperatures. These are not good temperatures. No, no, no. And here
1: I am planning florography de- decks or books while the whole Wild West burns. Maybe that's exactly what we need—a bit of beautiful flowers and
2: floriography I know. <laughs> while while, while I we're dealing with these temperatures, remind us of more temperate times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well I'm getting votes people are voting thank you thank you very much um and um onyx rose said weed's gone yeah look up the town of weed It's called the mill fire half the town of weed is uh, burned up in fact it is the historically black part of weed you didn't know there was a historically black part of weed yes there was mostly people who'd come up from louisiana to work in the lumber mills they had um yeah it's gone it's burned out um very sad, very sad. It's one of the um last um places of its type that it was an old lumber company lumber town. Pretty much gone. I mean, there's part of it still there. Thousands of people's evacuated. Okay, people are voting. Book deck, book deck. I will look at these later. Let's get to our uh, new <laughs> topic of the day. And this is going to be brought to us by our guest, Heidi
3: Holton. So first of all, welcome to the show, Heidi.
2: Welcome, welcome.
3: Thank you so much. I have been looking forward to this all week.
1: Well, Excited to we have you would one. love to have you. And um, let's just check in with Heidi and see um, how... Things in North Carolina. I heard something about you were maybe moving from one town to another in North Carolina.
3: You know, it's a possibility. Um, I'm currently living on top of a mountain at an ashram in Boone, North Carolina. Um, and it is absolutely gorgeous here right now. We are actually getting um, temps in the 60s in the evening, which has been a really nice break for us. Um, and, you know, my my... Plans are always kind of shifting and changing I was very much displaced during the pandemic career wise and had to kind of shift and move and so I'm always looking for my next opportunity yeah so um, if you were to move uh, would you be moving from a more rural area to a more urban or staying in the rural area I would be staying in a pretty rural area. I'm not much of a city girl. I like to have my privacy, my quiet. Um, It's something that I've always loved. So I would be moving to a similarly rural area.
4: Hmm.
3: Okay, great. Well, I like to know that you're
1: in a rural area because, in my opinion, having met you and hung out with you, you'd be happier that way.
4: (laughs) You're just Absolutely. that kind of a person. Yeah,
1: I I get that. I, I think I know you pretty well and like you a lot. Yeah. And uh you deserve to have trees around you. Not well, concrete thank you. boxes. I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Live greenery, yeah. Okay. Well, you have brought us our topic. Now this is one we've discussed a couple of times in the past. But You'd like to bring it in, and we'd like to help people learn about tea leaf reading. So um, before we start, I'm going to say that um, I've been doing tea leaf readings on this show for years. I have taught workshops on tea leaf readings, and I co-wrote a book on tea leaf reading with my friend Papa G. So um, I'm kind of, have talked a lot about tea leaf reading, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about tea leaf reading later on in the show we will be giving away a free copy of the book that papa g and i co-wrote which is called the stranger in the cup somebody who's in the chat now will get that free copy but let's turn this over to you heidi tell us what you want us to know about cassiography
3: absolutely so i am on a one woman mission to bring tea leaf reading to the masses. I think it's so important that we revive this. And the inspiration for this, for me, really came from when The Stranger in the Cup was released. It made tea leaf reading seem very accessible to me, which I had never thought of tea leaf reading as being an accessible form of divination. It seemed very difficult, mysterious. I wasn't sure where to get started. Um, And then one very um, amazing trip to Scotland that I took, I um, had just gotten a copy of The Stranger in the Cup, and I happened into a little cafe that offered tea leaf readings and um, got my tea leaves read in person for the very first time and was inspired to just dive right in. So I am in a pretty fun position right now. My job um, is to um, manage and run a wellness program at an ashram. And they sort of let me have free reign over the classes that I bring in. So I have introduced tea leaf reading to my wellness guests, And it is going really, Ah. really well. Um, I've noticed during, uh, you know, there was a shift in um wellness during the pandemic everyone sort of went away from being out you know in restaurants in bars they started staying home And I feel like tea leaf reading is a really, really nice thing that people can do, um, not only to figure out what's going to happen in the future, but also to just give their bodies a little break, a little detox from, you know, drinking wine every night. It's something healthy that we can do in the home. Um, Tea is full of antioxidants. It's a calming ritual that you can do in your home. Um, And I highly recommend that everybody give it a try. So that's kind of where my inspiration for all this came from. And then just starting to perform daily, you know, little study cups for myself every day, um, I really got comfortable with it and realized that it's a pretty simple, um, fun activity that just about anybody can do. If you arm yourself with a list of symbols and some good tea to drink, I really think this is accessible for everyone. You know,
1: you you hit on two things here that are important. Tea is actually a good medicinal. And when you said no more drinking wine every night, you know that is one of the most discouraging things about you know partaking of social media, as finding out how many of my friends drink every night, drink alcohol every night, and um, yeah, and so yeah. Thank you for speaking up for wellness. That is not a good form of life. <laughs> Drinking tea is much better for you. Some say green tea is better. Some say pu'er, which is a halfway between green and black kind of fermented tea. Some say black tea because it has more caffeine. But um, whichever tea you choose, or if you choose just herbal teas, you can read those tea leaves. And people think Mm -hmm. of tea as coming from China, which it does. But tea leaf reading actually did not originate in China. Tea leaf reading originated in Scotland and it may have originated also in Norway or during the time when Norway was the uh, owner of Scotland so to speak it is a domestic form of divination and it apparently started with herbs uh, just whatever herbal teas you we were making whether it was chamomile tea or you know some sort of um uh you know little rosemary tea or whatever a blend of herbal teas for instance and reading those leaves became a domestic art in Scotland. And when it was introduced into England, which was really a, during the 19th century, early 19th century, as it became sort of spread down into England, it was always associated with Scotland. It was always like, that's what the Spay wives do in Scotland. And spae, S-P-A-E, is an Old Norse word, which is um, a fortune teller, a soothsayer, or a wise woman. And so a spay wife is a woman who who spays. Who it's related to the word spy, to espy, to see. They're farseers. They're clairvoyant women. And so this is always associated with Scotland. And, of course, America had a lot of settlers who came from Ireland, England, and Scotland. The Irish had picked up tea leaf reading by then, of course, too. And so this was associated with Anglo-Saxon. Um, settlers but it rapidly spread into the african-american community due to contact you know in the homes where there were enslaved black women who were serving women who wanted to read tea leaves and they learned how and by the time of emancipation it became known that African-American women were often even more gifted at reading tea leaves than white women, and white women would go to black women to have their tea leaves read. So it has kind of bridged cultures come around, and it's just a wonderful thing. Those who live in the Eastern Mediterranean and Middle East will read coffee grounds instead, but we're going to stick with tea today. So that's what I have to add to the subject.
3: Go ahead, Heidi, and tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so um, what you were saying about tea um, being brewed with herbs is is exactly what I do in my class at the Wellness Center. We're an Ayurveda center, and so we use Ayurvedic herbal tea blends. So a lot of the blends that we use um, have the seeds, the cardamom pods, the um, Fennel seeds, and it makes for a really interesting um, cup to see those um, different, um, you know, twigs and, and seeds and berries. Um, and it, it's actually really fun to read that type of tea. I'm going to be reading today with Darjeeling tea. That's my favorite. Um, But really, you can use anything. When I was in Scotland and I had my tea leaves read, I know everyone says that you're not supposed to use a regular tea bag to have your leaves read, but the um, tea leaves reader read my tea leaves with just a plain bag of um, Earl Grey tea, like the kind you would buy at the grocery store, and it was an amazing reading. Well, so wait a minute. They read it with a tea bag. They opened up the bag? How did that work? Yes. So you would steep the tea, um, and then you would place the tea bag on the side in the saucer. Then as you drank your tea, you would drink it down so that there was like maybe one sip left, just a little teaspoon to swirl the leaves around. You'd open up the tea bag, pour it into that little last drop, and that is how the the tea leaves were red and it actually made for a really pleasant experience because you weren't drinking the the leaves and having them get caught in your teeth and, you know, swallowing them. It was a really nice, um nice ritual and that's how I do it now. Well that's real
1: interesting. See now I was mm. taught um, by an older lady, and I've mentioned her before. She was a fortune teller who lived down the street from us in Santa Monica when I was young. Her name was Mrs. Hare, and she could do numerology. She did um, playing card reading, tarot card reading, and she read tea leaves. She did not do astrology, but she did just about everything else. And she showed me tea leaf reading, and she said, of course, this was during the time when tea bags, particularly Lipton brand tea bags, were becoming popular. And she said, don't think that you can cut open a tea bag because all you're going to find inside is shortcut and what we call floor sweepings, and it won't be good tea. Now, I'm going to be reading with Darjeeling, too, just like you are. Darjeeling is one of my favorite teas, generally, but it's also pretty much my favorite for reading. The shapes are so beautiful. Uh, the uh, the way it's uh, long cut. And uh, when we talk about tea leaf reading, we're talking about images forming of animals, birds, um, buildings, roads, vehicles, people. You know, anything that you could see, you could see in it. And so, if it's all little bits. Um, it's not going to be as easy to read. You'll get a more of a clumped or clustered look. Um, but if you have good tea bags, I mean, they can, there's no reason a tea bag can't be made with long cut tea in it. It's just that once it was concealed in the white bag, you know, what you don't see, you don't know, and they would give you the floor sweepings. So if you get yeah, good tea yeah. leaf bags, you can do what you're saying, Heidi. But I would not say you could go out and get you know the cheapest tea bags and cut them open and read them because the reading would be very muddied looking
3: in my opinion yes absolutely and you know i i do when i'm at home read with loosely tea that's what i'm reading with today as well the long cut darjeeling tea i agree that's the most beautiful i think it produces the most beautiful images as well mhm um
1: a grateful Diana in the chat said, if only Mrs. Hare knew how she's been evoked on this show and the effect she's had on Miss Cat's divination teaching overall. Absolutely. <laughs> I would not be where I were were it not for Mrs. Hare. And she really, she made a point of wanting to pass this material on to me. She told me I would be a psychic, and she was right. She taught me everything <laughs> pretty much but astrology. um uh, she had a crystal ball, but I don't think I ever learned crystal ball gazing from her. Um, but she did have a crystal ball and let me look into it, but she didn't want me to drop it on the floor. I was a kid. you know. Don't, don't Be careful. Be careful with my crystal ball. <laughs> so, but uh, but um, tea leaf reading for me really kind of took off in my life when I uh, found a, a book and a teacup and a saucer in a box of books that my parents had bought from a, a lady who had... Uh, Grown up in Australia, but had gone to England, had been a friend of Alistair Crowley, and she had a book by Cicely Kent on uh, reading uh, fortunes and tea leaves, and she had a Melrose Cup of Fortune. And I was helping catalog the books, and my mother said, yeah, you can have the cup and saucer. I said, what about the book? She goes, well, you'll have to work to get the book because the book is worth money. (laughs) So I worked a couple extra hours and got the book, too. So that's how I really got into it professionally. Um, the book that Mrs. Hare had was another famous book on tea leaf reading by uh, the anonymous person known as Minetta. Nobody knows who Minetta was, but Minetta's uh, tea leaf reading book came out in the eighteen ninety late 1890s, and by the 1920s had been reprinted a bazillion times by Fulshams. They still own it. They have cut it down, cut the pages down, fewer and fewer and fewer pages. They've redone the illos. It is just a ghost of what it used to be. You should try to find an older edition of Mineta's book. It's excellent. Awesome.
2: Tea leaf reading uh, also, I should point out, does exist in the Middle East. It's not just coffee, but it's generally more towards Iran that you'll see tea leaf reading because there's a heavy tea culture in places like Iran where coffee is going to be more commonly done. in Egypt and then the Levant like Syria and Lebanon. Uh, and Jordan generally would do coffee, as, as does Turkey. But tea leaf reading is found uh, in Iran, and a lot of Iranian women in particular do tea leaf reading. But techniques are very similar between tea leaf and coffee ground readings, very similar techniques, very similar methods, with some differences in culture, some differences in interpretation. Um, but one of the things that's fascinating about tea leaf reading, and I've pointed this out before and it's worth mentioning, is that it is a very social form of divination. Not all forms of divination are, uh, Plenty of divinations are designed to be solitary practices. We see this with the tarot nowadays. A lot of tarot card readers read for themselves or read quite privately um, or just pull some decks as a sort of wisdom uh, experience or an experience or an, an interfacing with spirit. Uh, even with astrology. Astrology, while traditionally we've dealt with clients and public, can also be quite private. People can do astrology for themselves and tracking in the transits, casting in horary horoscopes, etc., and so on. But tea leaf reading, while you can do it for yourself, is generally done for someone else. So you can read your own tea leaf. I've done it before. Uh, my grandmother read tea leaves well, frequently. She would read it for herself, but it was meant mostly to be a social experience. You're supposed to read it for somebody else, and there's an experiential component to it. You're not just pulling cards. You're not just casting a chart. You're not just throwing dice. You're drinking the tea. You're talking there's this social component that is built into tea leaf reading that I would encourage people to do. That doesn't mean you have to go into a, an area where, you, where you're worried about the pandemic or whatnot or be out in public tea houses, but you could still do it in the privacy of your house, get a couple of friends together and do tea leaf readings for each other. I think that social component really makes tea leaf reading unique. And it also allows you to tap into a different form of divination that is not... Uh, trans-oriented that is not about thinking within yourself, but it's much more dialogical. It's much more grounded in conversation. It's quite beautiful, and I encourage people to play around with that component of
3: Yes, I absolutely agree. I've seen that firsthand in my classes um, where, you know, we'll have four, six, maybe eight strangers in a room, and we're all looking into our teacups together, we connect on levels that, me, that I haven't connected with with some of my, you know, long-term friends. It's like you very quickly get to know each other, and you get into each other's subconscious. Um, you share intimate details. It's a really great way to get to know people.
1: Yeah, you know, the social aspects of tea leaf reading are very important. Uh, Just as if you were... Chinese and you wanted to go have an I Ching reading you would go find a reader they often set up on the street there's uh, the greeting there's the you know question posing there's the reading it's a ceremony in a sense Um, going to tarot reader is a ceremony tea leaf reading is often done socially and if you look at the older images of tea leaf reading very often you'll see it done at a table with four women, as if they were playing Mahjong or bridge, and then they are also reading tea leaves at the same time. And I collect old postcards of tea rooms, And there are postcards of the Mahjong room in the tea room, right? Where you could all go play Mahjong. There's room for four people. And then the tea would be served and you would read your tea leaves as well. And you would, one of the traditions is to pass your cup to the person on the left to see if we're dealing, right, cards. And like, oh, you read that person's tea cup, they read yours and so forth. These are social traditions that are on the verge of being forgotten. But they're wonderful social traditions. When I did a workshop, we were at long picnic tables. Everyone had a teacup. We we looked at our own teacup, and then we exchanged with the person across these long trestle tables. Here, you read mine. I'll read yours. It was great. Uh Uh-oh. Have we lost everybody? That
3: really sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it is fun. The social aspect of tea leaf reading also can be found in um, the idea that um, of the old images, you'll see young women having their tea leaves read by older women. It's sort of an initiation into adult womanhood. The first questions they would always ask, will I get married, you know. and so forth. These are these are part of the social studies of fortune telling, which is a whole another aspect of fortune telling. Where do fortune telling traditions embed within their cultures? The idea of having your tea leaf read at a little restaurant is also very old. And you'll see mm-hmm. again at, the, at my website, the Mystic Tea Room. There's a whole section on just on tea rooms. And then there's a whole thing on just tea rooms where free tea leaf readings were offered as part of the food service. A woman would come around and read your tea leaves, or you would get a chit and you'd be able to go to her table where she sat and just did tea leaf readings one after another as people brought their cups. And um, those are um, very old traditions. They still do exist. Um, There are still tea leaf reading tea rooms in America and in Canada. Not many, it, but it never died out completely, and it certainly is something that should be revised and, uh, you know, made possible. When I was young, I could read tea leaves at cafes. And not These were not tea rooms, but they were just a regular old cafe where they had, you know, a little bit of um, cake or strudel or something. They had six different kinds of coffee, and they had six different kinds of tea. And these were in the college towns. And if you, you know, ask them, can I read tea leaves in the corner and collect money? They'd say, sure. You know, you draw customers. Put up a little A-tent um, card that says tea leaf readings, $1, and uh, they'd buy a cup of tea. I read it for them. That was nice, you know. Then you could maybe get them into tarot reading, which was a little more elaborate. But tea leaf reading made sense to the proprietor of the shop. So if any of you guys want to be tea leaf readers, and if as restaurants are coming back after the pandemic, think about, you know, advertising tea leaf readings free every Tuesday or whatever, but you're going to pick up a little money uh, in tips, or the pay- the uh, proprietor will pay you a little bit to be there and do it, the thing. It's a good way to earn just a little extra money and also meet clients. That's
3: now, a we need to talk- idea.
1: Yeah, we need to talk about the historical basis of tea leaf reading because we haven't touched on that. Um, uh, and that is, tea leaf reading is not arbitrary. It's not, there's this horrible book, oh my God, it's the worst book on tea leaf reading ever, ever written. It is so sucky that I don't even want to name it, although it's horrible, and you will run across <laughs> it at Amazon. Don't
4: oh, buy it. Part of us
1: it no, just it. don't. It's a book about <laughs> intuitive tea leaf reading, which means... I have no fuck clue on earth what the fuck I'm doing with these tea leaves, but I'm going to spin you some tale and you better listen. It is terrible. Tea leaf reading is an intuitive art. Yes. You'll see certain things and you might, you know, see other things where someone would see something different in the cup. But tea leaf reading goes by certain rules. And these anything Scottish, English, or Irish is going to go by rules. You know that. That's how their magic is made, right? right. It's all by rules. And the rules are so simple. If you look at the teacup from above and you place the um, handle toward you, toward your heart, the handle is called home. And you go around the rim, and that's going away. You go clockwise around from like 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock to noon, that's called away. And when you're at 12, that's away. And then you have returning from 12 to 3 to 6 back again. And that is the first week. And then you go down the cup and you go down one week, two weeks, and the bottom of the c- three weeks is at the, where the wall of the cup meets the um, base of the cup, and fourth week is at the, bo- at the bottom. So you have one, two, three, four weeks. Fourth week is sometimes called the far future. And in those spaces, you will see different images that are formed by the T. That's what we're really talking about here. Some people, like me, call it a thematic apperception test. You know, do you see a uh, a raven or do you see a hawk? That's up to you. It looks like a bird? Okay. Hmm. Maybe you thought it was a pigeon. The reader is going to make some intuitive um, feelings about that. But some will just say, it's a bird, and leave it at that. But you have to be able to see pictures, and that means you do have to be psychic to a certain um, degree, uh, intelligent. You need to know the difference between an image in a cup that looks like a helicopter, and an image in a cup that looks like a big circle with a cross on top of it. <laughs> right? You you need to think about what you're seeing. And then you those have meanings. They're, you don't just say, oh, I see a fox, and foxes are so pretty. Oh, wouldn't that be so cute? You might see a fox. How lovely. No, you see a fox, and a fox is a thief, just like in the Lenormand decks, mm-hmm. a fox is danger. And you say, oh, there's some danger there of someone um, you know, stealing from your hen house or whatever. So you have to know the meanings of the images, particularly as they existed in, um, you know, medieval to modern European um, omen culture, which is a whole other thing. And then you have to be able to string them together and tell a story. The fox is going away. Its head is going away. A thief is leaving your presence in two weeks. It'll be, It's at the two-week level. And you have to be able to read these And there are many books. And the books have lists and lists and lists of these images and what they mean. The good tea leaf reader should know at least 100 images, at least 100. Um, An excellent tea reader might know 200. And it's no shame if you look it up in a book while you're learning. One of the things you're pointing out here is that there's a a logic to what you're doing. Yeah, that's right. There is a logic to it.
2: Random, so random, there's a logic, there's a symbol, there's a system.
1: All right. Now, we're going to do some tea leaf reading, and um, that's what we're hoping for here. We're going to get some clients. I hope we have some clients, and we're going to be doing tea leaf reading for them.
0: Is my cue? Uh, right. That's your cue, babe. <laughs> okay. All right. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Who Do Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and We'll Be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our call in clients are subject from those who filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818 394 eighty five thirty five. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and you've not already done so, please dial in now to eight one eight three nine four eighty five thirty five and press one to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by the area code and if your area code is announced, we'd like to say hello and let me, your announcer Clifford Lowe, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to the hosts. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Our caller is Shay calling from area code four seventy. Shay, are you there?
3: Yes, I'm here.
0: Excellent. All right. You write that um, you had a reading about a relationship issue and that you did everything that you were told to do, but you think that the girl um, he is dealing with this is a romantic issue, has done work on him to keep him away from you. Uh, will he be able to uh, talk to you, but he will not come? Whether um, he will talk to you, but it will not come around to you? You want to know what you should do uh, or walk away from the situation.
1: All right, so um, while my tea is uh, brewing, I'm going to also just take a, a little sip here. Give me a moment. Mm. Boy, that's good tea. All right, so I'm going to ask a couple of questions before I read for you. What sign of the Zodiac are you? Uh, Pisces. Pisces. And what sign of the Zodiac is he? Uh, Gemini. A Gemini. All right. I think I've read for you before. Mutable. I, ha, both mutable. Have I read for you before? Uh, about a month ago. Yeah, I, but I rem, see I have a real good memory for Pisces plus Gemini. I'm going, hmm, both mutable. Mm-hmm. All right, but I'm still got to drink my tea here. I'm going to give you a reading. Give me one second more to drink it. I am using a particular cup that is called the Cup of Knowledge. And um, this cup was made in England, probably around, hmm, oh no, this is a Fairy Light foreign. Oh, great. This is a um, 1930s imitation of an English cup um, called the Cup of Knowledge. Inside of the cup, there are 52 tiny playing cards. And um, last sip. Okay, now I'm going to swirl the cup we swirl it three times and tap it once. And now I'm going to read your cup on the question. All right. What I have here is um, a deer, a big deer with big antlers. This is for the loveliness of Darjeeling tea. Darjeeling tea is very curly, and it's three-dimensional. This deer's head is sticking out with antlers. It's pretty cool. And now I have to move uh, the... Um, Aside, because it's sitting on top of a card, and I need to find out what that card is. Ooh, that card is the Jack of Spades. Not too good. Okay, so the deer is a an animal that, um, of course, is very attractive and very fugitive. It is a hunted animal. The Jack of Spades. This is sitting on top of. Now I need to explain here, most teacups are blank inside and you're just going to see the deer. But here I have something extra to add, that this guy might not be as um, truthful as we think he is. Um, it's not a great um, image. The deer is nice, but it is a hunted animal, not really great. Below that, I have another card, uh, excuse me, another image and a card. The image is a cat. And this cat is on a card that is called the three of hearts. So what I'm feeling here is that the cat always represents, quote, the other woman, another woman in tea leaf reading. And it can also be a gossip or a female rival. Um, The three of hearts, it it shows a triad. It's uh, not a great card either for love. I don't think that he is um, completely uh, done uh, here and I'm not seeing a, a very good idea. The cap is lower down in the cup, which means that it will be her part in this will be revealed a little um, uh, later. Um, and her card is right near to home, and his deer, his card and his deer, are facing toward home. Um, so it looks to me like he's turning toward her. I. My feeling about this is not too good. It not, does not saying to me that um, uh, he's not going to come around. He's turning toward her. Also, um, we ask, should you walk away from the situation? And um, I don't see a path. The paths are made of little dots. I don't see anything like that. But I do see um, a little shape right near the home, right near the handle. Um, And it looks to me like a campfire with flames coming up. And I would say, yeah, burn that situation down. That situation is not going to go keep the campfire, keep the home fires burning. um, He's going to turn toward that cat. That's my reading of it. Let's see um, now um, what Heidi Holton has to say
3: in her reading. All right. Um, Well, I am reading with a um, Ravenswood, just a plain um, cup and saucer. And I'm going to tip it over really quick. I've been sipping my tea as we go. I just added some leaves. And I tapped the bottom of mine three times. So let me take a peek and see what I'm seeing. All right, Shay, I see a rose um, that has the flower broken off the stem and it is um moving out of your life it's towards the towards the mid to bottom of the cup so you know i i am not seeing good things for this relationship either the other thing that i'm seeing is down in the bottom of the cup Um, it looks like a mushroom, a perfect little mushroom cap and stem. Um, There are also some little twigs surrounding it, like a little, pretty little wooded sort of scene. Um, And, you know, mushrooms symbolize growth when they are at the bottom of the cup. I think that this this relationship that you are in has been a really good learning opportunity for you, but I agree with Ms. Kat that the relationship has probably run its course. so, maybe do some reflection and uh, maybe some journaling some soul searching on what you learned from this relationship. I'm seeing you taking this and turning it into a really good lesson for your next relationship. I'm seeing a little bird, it's a cute little like a little sparrow or you know a small bird with wings flying toward f- flying from the Away position towards the home position. I think you're going to have some good news. I think that there are plenty of opportunities for um, other relationships that are a little bit more satisfying and maybe that you don't have to, to have to work so hard on. But I'm seeing this as a good learning opportunity for you um, to sort of take um, take you know the disappointment because it is a disappointment re- when a relationship ends, but turning it into a positive and potentially finding someone who's an even better fit for you.
1: So that's interesting to me because both of our readings agree, although we arrived there with different symbols. And I just want to take a moment because I think we, you know, we have a little moment here before uh, Conjurman is going to start giving the root work. Heidi, let's just talk about this for a minute. Um, when two readings approach with different symbols – it's so different than, say, um, how can I put it into row? There's a much more limited set of symbols and cards. I find it very interesting that we both got the same answer, but you had a broken rose and a little uh, bird. I had this deer over a very bad card because I'm using a cup And then I had um, you know, this, this idea that it was just, you know, this cat who was interfering. So I got more at the um the other woman than you did, but you got more at mm-hmm. the heartbreak, but we both had the same answer. What do you think of that?
3: I think that, you know, I think that sometimes that's just the way the TVs go. Um, And I think it's a really beautiful thing because we are seeing a very similar outcome. And I'm not really seeing anything in my cup that indicates anything necessarily about another woman. I think that um, from my perspective, the most important thing is that Shay is happy. I think that that is what my cup was seeing, that, you know, this was just not a great relationship. I don't necessarily think that it matters why in in this particular case. Right, and I, and it's
1: and my reading is focusing more on how the stag uh, turns toward the cat, and and yes. says, you know, that this is a. But those are on the the left side of the cup, and as I said, also you'll find out more about this other woman. Later, it's not going to be this week, next week. You know, be a week or two weeks, maybe three weeks, you'll find out more about her. So very interesting how the results differed, but they got to the same place. This relationship is probably best left behind. All right, let's turn this over to uh, Contraman, and he's going to um, give some root work.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you've gotten some really fantastic readings here. And uh, my go-to in a situation like this, the price surprise is going to be a love-on-crossing bath, which I think is going to be great to kind of undo some of the knots that are there. We're going to add a little bit of a cut and clear to this, which I think will do really well to kind of heal the heart and allow you to be open for something new, but also to kind of move in a different direction. So what I want you to do is get some roux uh, and some lemon verbena and brew that into a tea with violet leaves. So let it brew, cool a little bit, then draw yourself a nice warm bath, add in milk and honey, and then pour in that tea mixture. You're going to bathe in this and allow yourself to soak and let it to kind of heal your heart. One of the best things to do in the Love Uncrossing Bath is to reflect. Reflect first uh, on all the sort of bad things that have happened. The things that are not good in a relationship, the things that are unpleasant, the things that were not good. I didn't give it we didn't get a lot of communication. There was not a lot of intimacy, whatever it was. You kind of reflect and let that soak into the water. Do this for about fifteen minutes. And then for the next fifteen minutes, start to think about the things you do want in a relationship. Start to think about the joy, the happiness, the, the, the camaraderie, whatever it is that you are looking for in a relationship, start to think it, visualize it. Get out of the water. Allow yourself to air dry. Take a little bit of the used bath water. Dispose of it off of your cup. Then I want you to go and start this working on a Friday. I want you to go before your altar. Take out a piece of paper and write what it is you're looking for in a person. Write what it is you are looking for and desiring in a partner. This can be the good qualities that you had with this other person. It can be something completely different. But you want them to make this meaningful. I always tell people to write a meaningful list. It shouldn't really go above nine qualities. You should be able to distill people to roughly around nine qualities or so. If you go above, it's not that big a deal. It's not a hard, fast rule. But the reason I tell clients this and the reason why I tell my students this and because it makes them really focus on what matters. You should not be writing, and I tell this all the time, I say if you're writing and you're interested in someone who is wealthy, you should write. I want my partner to be wealthy, financially stable, and generous. You shouldn't be writing as I want him to make seven figures, and I want him to write to be driving a BMW, and I want to make sure that he has a four bedroom house. You know, that the more you add sort of superficial elements, the less likely those things will come to pass. But if finances matter, for example, which they should, you should write, I want someone who is financially wealthy, who is generous, and who is fine, who's good with his money. That is a more meaningful, for example, quality than saying, oh, he needs to be making seven figures uh, and have a five-bedroom house. You know what I mean? So be thoughtful in the qualities you're looking for. Write this down on a piece of paper. Take some love me oil and dab the four corners in the middle, as well as add dabs of sexual fluid four corners and the middle. Place two roses into the center of the sheet, fold it up, and place it into a heat-proof dish, a sensor, or a thurible of some sort. Get some come-to-me incense, place it into a cone on top of that paper, and light that incense, praying that wherever this person is, wherever they are in the world, that they hear your prayer and that they come to you as quickly and as swiftly. As possible, from the four corners of the world, they will rush and come to you. Burn this down on that Friday. Whatever remains, take a pinch of that ash and place it right underneath your bed in between the mattress and the box spring so that they are drawn to you and drawn to your bedroom. So you want to do this sort of connecting work. Draw this person into your bed. Take the remaining ash and go to the crossroads But take with you a fan, that is a hand fan, made out of feathers. So now we're tamping into what Heidi saw a little bit in her cup. We're going to play with feathers here. So get a fan made from real feathers. Not a paper fan, not a plastic fan, an actual fan made out of feathers. You can find these online. They're pretty easy uh, to get. You can make your own if you have some feathers. Perfectly fine. You go to the four corners and you're going to use that fan. You're going to use the spirit of that bird from this sand to send your prayer out. And you're going to swast that incense to the four corners of the crossroads. You're going to face toward the north. You're going to go. If you're to the north, you're going to come to me and come to me quickly. If you're to the east, you're going to come to me and come to me quickly. If you're in the south, you will come to me and come to me quickly. And if you're in the west, and so on, and you're going to do the four corners blowing the incense to the four directions, calling them to you from the four corners of the world. Go back home and completely let this work go. Open your heart, open your mind, and say, wherever this person is, whoever this person is, may they come to me in my life, I am open to them, and may they come to me and be with me in my bed. And allow this to manifest. It will take a little bit of time if they're further away, but they will come into your life generally around three, so you're probably around three weeks, you might see it a little bit longer than that, this person may start to manifest. And then put yourself out there. It's really important that when you're starting to draw someone new, particularly as you're moving away from one relationship into another, you need to put yourself out there. No- you if you never leave your house. <laughs> if you stay in your bedroom all day, all the magic of the world isn't going to draw that person directly to your bedroom. Start to put yourself out there. If you don't go out physically, you can use dating apps, you can use online dating, whatever works for you. Maybe social media works for you. You're going to connect with someone on Facebook. Join a Facebook group. Uh, join a, I don't know, Instagram group. I don't know how that works. Whatever it is, right? <laughs> connect socially or go out. Go out to coffee shops, you know. Be safe, obviously, in the pandemic, but go out to coffee shops. And this person will manifest themselves and they will be the qualities that you are looking for in that individual. So put your trust in the work, open yourself up to it, uncross and cleanse yourself in the matters of love with that verbena that will help to cut and clear, and then use incense to draw in new love. That's my recommendation. We've got time, so let's see if Heidi and Miss cannot have anything further to add.
1: Wow, I have a question. Now, you were burning this down and getting the ashes, and then you took the feather, and then you mentioned incense. Is this more of the same incense or the incense ashes that you scatter? The in incense the ashes.
2: So you, that's you're what you blow burn to okay, it. You... Yeah, burn, burn the incense until it burns that petition it. paper, so that it all becomes the prayer. You put a pinch of the ashes underneath your bed, and the rest of the ashes you're going to dispose of at the four corners using the fan
1: right so like throw some ashes in the air and then floof 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 with the feather fan Exactly. (laughs) okay i got it now that's a really um that's really a nice spell i have nothing to add to it it's really perfect
3: (laughs) how about you heidi do you have anything to add well, I have a fun little suggestion if um, Shay would like to um, incorporate a little tea leaf reading into her life, get some jasmine mm. tea, sprinkle in a little bit of rose petals and cardamom pods, and maybe every day, maybe once a week, brew yourself a cup of tea, read your tea leaves, tap into your intuition, and you know, get yourself really primed so that when you are starting to meet new people, um, you get a good feel for what kind of a man you're, you're – bringing in whether you want to pursue the relationship or not. I think it would be a nice practice for you. Okay, I want to get make sure I understood that. Jasmine tea with rose petals and what was the other thing? Cardamom pods. Cardamom pods. It's going pods, to taste really yummy, yes. Yes, very yummy. Yeah, cardamom um, is good.
1: And, uh, and,
3: and remember heart. folks,
4: jasmine love tea
1: fight. is not just jasmine flowers. It's usually jasmine with black tea. So it's a mix. So yes. that's a wonderful mix already. Okay. Um, can I just a, say you
2: can a... do this tea with this person when they show up in your life? Have tea day, Whether you guys tea drink tea together, and if he's open to it, you can read the cups. And if not, you can secretly read your teacups and see what's going on there.
1: That's right. That's right. One of the one of the cute things that used to be done, and it was documented in many many paintings and postcards, was when a, a woman met a man, she would say, "Let me read your tea leaves." Right? And she would then uh, twirl the cup, swirl it, tap it. And her question when she tapped it was, is he the right man? And now she's Mm -hmm. actually reading his tea leaves. She can tell him anything, but she can see the truth. That's a great way to work. And there's lots of uh, drawings and paintings of just that. The woman sort of looking at the teacup and the guy looking over her like, am I okay? <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole art
2: form to to flirting with divination, whether it's cards or tea leaves. There's a whole art form. You can make it very flirty. Yes,
1: yes. Okay. All righty. Um I hear our bumper music and because this is an oracle hour, we're gonna to go to a second reading as soon as this music stops and we have our network announcement or whatever it is we do now. <laughs>
0: All right, support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, Forest of California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychic The I psychic or Lyon, run entirely by Hoodoo Practitioners receive a reading with a trusted group worker instantly call one eight 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 four hoodoo or visit hoodoosychics.com and by the crystal silence league a free online prayer service of the association of independent spiritual churches located online at org. now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our next client our caller is Nicole um, calling from area 760 but I'm not sure if she's in the queue Nicole are you there
2: no no she's okay. not there she got okay. disconnected
1: yeah, she no. got disconnected, but so could can just read her stuff, and and maybe she'll come back and see it in the chat logs or listen in the archive.
0: Certainly. All right, she says she's trying to move up within her company, and she's curious about her financial career future.
1: Okay. Well, that was very simple. We can't ask her what sign she is. But we're going to turn this over to Heidi Holton to do the first tea leaf reading for her. And then I will do the second tea leaf reading and Conjurman will give her some root work in absentia.
3: Excellent. Okay, I'm taking my last sip. Swirling my leaves. And tapping three times. Let's see. All right, so I see a crescent moon coming towards towards Nicole. Let's see, what else? I see what looks to be, um, do you know the little symbol um, for healthcare workers? I'm not sure what you call that. The caduceus? Um, oh, yes, of course. Yes. The
2: caduceus. Yes.
3: And that is also coming towards her. And let's see. I see the number four in the bottom of the cup. And I see a little duck moving away. So let's see. So I'm seeing that there could be potentially a little bit of delay in getting um, getting more and moving up in the company. Um, That duck moving away um, is not the greatest sign for money, um, but I think there's still hope because that number four is a sign of stability, and that crescent moon is a sign of changes coming. So if there has been, um, you know. If it has been difficult to move up in the company, Nicole, I think that that is going to change. And I think that you are going to find a much more stable situation um, going on. Let me see if there's anything else that I can see. I'm kind of just turning this around. Yeah, those are the main ones popping up. So, you know, be careful with your money. Um, If you are um, in a situation where, you know, you are in a a position where you can save and invest, I think this is a great time to do it. Be patient. Be looking for changes and new opportunities and really focus in on stability within your home and within your family. And I think that's going to put you in a good situation financially. Um, And don't be afraid to ask for a raise. Okay, is that it for you? Yes, that's it for me. Okay,
1: I have one of the weirdest readings in this uh, cartomancy cup I have ever seen. I'm kind of mind blown, actually. I've never seen any- this happen before. So let me explain again. My cup is called a Cup of Knowledge. This is a copy of the Ainsley and other English Cups of Knowledge made in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and so forth. But this one was made in the 30s in Japan. and um, So it's called the Fairy Light Foreign Cup of Knowledge. Fairy Light was a company that made products for export to England and America from Japan. And the word foreign was used where in America the law says you must stamp it fairy light made in Japan in England they had a law which is that pottery must be made in England or it must be stamped foreign and they didn't care what country so fairy light foreign isn't the name of the company it just means fairy light and this cup was made in another nation and I happen to know it was made in Japan because all fairy light products were made in Japan okay having said that there are scattered around the bottom of this, the sides and bottom of this cup 52 playing cards. And what's really weird is that I have many, many smaller pieces of tea and um, the bottom has a big clump. But the smaller pieces have all, except for one, fallen on court cards. So this is really mm. strange. Yes, I've never seen this before. So I have here um, the Queen of Clubs the Queen of Spades, I have the Jack of Spades, I have the Jack of Diamonds, I have the Queen of Diamonds, the King of Diamonds, the Queen of Hearts, I guess that is, it's hard to tell on that one, and um, I think that's it. All of these are court cards. Each court card has one lump of tea leaf on it, and there's only one that isn't a court card, and that one is the seven of something. So I'm going to move it aside. The seven of clubs. Okay. So this is an odd reading because I've never seen this, like, picked out. So who are all these court card people? They are um, uh, jacks, queens, and kings, evenly distributed. They're distributed throughout the suits. This tells me that in order to progress, you're going to have to make friends with higher-up people in the hierarchy at the company and that you can kind of pick them out. I mean, whatever it is, you're going to to uh, try to reach out to these people who are higher level than you. Seven of clubs is the only one that's not, and that could be a sideways reach um, to somebody who is, um, you know, Willing to be a helper. Wands uh, in the Tarot deck are the same as clubs in a poker deck, and when I see clubs, I think of wands, and I think of candle magic. Candle magic might help, but so. But this is very, very odd. The number seven as being the only other number. I mean, because everything else is kings, queens, and jacks, um, is very strange to me. And no aces, by the way. It's not. It's just kings, queens, and jacks, and that one lone seven. Now, there's one other uh, image here, and this is an arrow um, made of many tea leaves kind of run together with with a pointed head, like an arrowhead, and it's pointed out from home to the center of the cup. It just goes down the side of the cup and just down to the center. So the arrow is aspiration, and it's also news, And again, it means it just points to the bottom of the cup is four weeks in time. Um, I think that making friends with other people at this place is going to be the key to your success. And you're going to have to do favors for them. You're going to have to go that little bit of extra. Um, When you think of cards and the way they were invented, and they make use of a sort of a hierarchical, monarchical system of thinking, which we don't in a democracy, usually think about. Um, This talks about being um, um, helpful, you know, helpful to these people. Um, And the um, diamonds represent money. Spades represent hard work and also sorrow. Clubs are, you know, light and uh, also intellect, and hearts, of course, are love. But what I'm seeing here is uh, a couple of diamonds, a couple of spades, three diamonds, a couple of spades. You you have to make up to these people, and you will get higher uh, kudos in the place. This is a very odd reading, folks. I just have to say, every reading is weird, but this one was super weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say about it, really. Um, so... Um let's see what else I can see in this cup. The arrow um, always represents news. News is on the way. And so when you get an arrow and it's pointing in a certain direction, in this case it's pointing from home to away, I can ask where is it pointing to? Which cards is it pointing to? And it's pointing to the... Uh, pointing to a jack, a queen, and a king, pretty much pointing just straight away. I want to say something else about these cardamancy cups. There's no pattern to the way the decals of the cards are laid down. So any two cups from even the same manufacturer, the cards may not all lay in the same position, and different manufacturers will lay them out differently. Just saying. Um, So you couldn't hold up your cup and say, oh, I know where this is in her cup. But where they are... From uh, the blank cup without the without the cards underneath, they range from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock, all around that area. So I think you need to um, find out more about the people in the business and work with them. You can use some candle magic, but you can also use um, a good speech, flattering tongue, and... Um, mm and make friends. Flattering is actually something I don't always recommend, but here it seems like flattering or mimicking or asking advice for in a flattering manner are going to be uh, things for you. It's a, it's a weird greeting. Good luck. <laughs> I, I wish you luck. You'll know more in one month. You could come back. If this was a little tea room, I would say, come back in four weeks, dearie, because that arrow is pointing right down to the Four-week mark there. <laughs> Come back in four weeks, Terry, and I'll give you another reading. <laughs> All right. Let's turn this over to Contraman. Uh
2: I think that reading was actually cool uh, because it fits exactly with what I'm thinking about in terms of root work. You gave me a lot to work with there, um, and I can work with these two and put them together to make some really cool root work. So we're going to do a sugar working to bring the favor of these higher-ups. To you and to sweeten your tongue, so that your words will fall sweetly upon their ears. Uh, so this is the flattery thing that Miss Cat was talking. We're also going to work on uh, the images that uh, Heidi saw. So with the Caduceus and that four, what I want you to do is start this working on a Wednesday in the hour of Jupiter. The Caduceus representing Mercury and the four representing Jupiter. Four is the number of Jupiter. So on Wednesday, in the hour of Jupiter, when the moon is waxing, so have that crescent moon, I want you to begin this working. Take a dollar bill and write your petition on it. This dollar bill should be from your paycheck. So it shouldn't be from your savings account. It shouldn't be a random dollar. It should be specifically from your paycheck. If you get a physical paycheck, go and cash it and say, give me one of the dollar bills. You can also use any other denomination, 5 or 10 or 20, whatever spirit calls you to do. But it should be from your pick next. On that dollar, or whatever that bill is, write your petition on it. I am successful in my job. The higher-ups all support me. They promote Give me the raise that I asked for. Something as simple as that. You're going to use a red string, and you're going to wrap this around a cinnamon stick. So get a whole cinnamon stick, wrap it around it, and then use a red, sting, red string to hold it in. Get a jar Fill it with sugar, five-finger grass, and bay. put a pinch of five-finger grass at the bottom, one bay leaf, cover it in sugar, then stick this cinnamon dollar stick, if you will, into that sugar and stir it. Every Wednesday in the hour of Jupiter, you are going to pray as you stir the sugar. And you're going to take just a little bit of it and place it on your tongue and let the sugar dissolve. And as you do so, you're going to say, sugar, make my words sweet so that all who hear them are favorable toward me. And as you sugar, you're going to say, sugar, bring all the people that I call. Call out your boss's name. Call out their boss's boss's name. Make them sweeten to me. Make them favorable to me. And make them grant what I ask. Way over there. You're going to do this for about a month. So every Wednesday, four times, you're going to do this, and then finally at the end of the month, this is the month that Miss Cat was kind of hinting at. We're going to actually play with that. You, at the end of this month, you're going to take that sugar, and you're going to bake some cookies. You're going to bake some cookies, and with this sugar, and take your job making sure that your boss and all those people get a little bit of it and they're able to eat it. This is a really great way that, that combines practical uh, works of influence, which is bringing in sweet treats. Everybody loves sweet treats, and they always remember the people who bring in sweet treats, and it combines it with some really solid magic, this sugar that you have worked on uh, during this special day, on this special hour, for a whole month. You're going to do this. If you, for whatever reason, cannot feed people sugar, let's say for whatever reason you can't cook or your baking skills are crap or whatever, there's no excuse. Everyone can figure it out. YouTube exists. YouTube a basic cookie recipe. Um, but if let's can't for whatever reason, you know they don't really allow you to bring in cookies, then what you'll do is you'll take a small container of this sugar and replace the work sugar. Most workplaces have sugar that they use for their coffee. That they use for their coffee, you're going to replace it with this. You're going to sneak it in. You're going to replace it or add it into the uh, collective sugar container, and people will use it whenever they make their coffee. As a last resort, resort, what you can do. Let's say you can't do any of that. You can just take a pinch of the sugar with you and sprinkle it around. Not a lot. You don't want to attract ants. You don't want to do. You don't know, want to make it a big. Just a really small symbolic pinch very small amount and you're just going to sprinkle it by the front door of your boss. Then when you go to ask for an actual raise or you are asking for a promotion what you'll do is you'll put a pinch of this sugar with five finger grasp into your pocket. You're going to go and speak to your boss and as you do so very carefully pull it out of your pocket and sprinkle. And again when I say pinch I mean a literal pinch. You should not be chucking handfuls of sugar around Problem. Just a pinch of that sugar, you're going to pull it out of your pocket and sprinkle it under their desk. This is a way of directly influencing them. So this working has a couple different parts. In it. One, it starts with the magical working of building the sugar. Two, then getting that sugar ingested by everyone. And three, using that sugar at the actual pay raise moment. So you're softening them up over time. You're softening up with the root work. You're softening up with the cookies. And then when you finally go and ask for it, you've got it in your pocket, sprinkle it. So it's a way of creating a link across all these different workings. It's really straightforward, really effective, and I think it will be really useful for you here. That's what I would recommend. We've got a couple minutes. Let's see if Ms. Kat, uh or Heidi have anything further
4: to
1: add. I do have one thing to add. And... Um... This has to do with the way that modern break rooms are set up. If that break room does not have a sugar container, like a sugar shaker from a cafe, but uses packets, steal some mm. packets, interleave them with the sugar you have at home, yep. then um, after praying over them, shake them off and take those packets back and replace them, and that's another way mm-hmm. to get the sugar into the work room. Um, How about you, Heidi? Uh, Do you have any
3: idea? You know, I don't. I think that those were absolutely beautiful um, recommendations, and I kind of want to use this at my own job. It
2: works. (laughs) Let me tell you, it's fantastic. It's really, really useful and really effective. I will point out, too, that Ms. Kat's absolutely right, that a lot of places have those... packets by bringing some of those sugar packets home and then inter- you're creating the actual link with the sugar. The good news is that we're now in this kind of new era of moving back to sugar containers rather than sugar packets because everyone wants to go organic, everyone wants to go holistic. And for right. so a lot of these, it's particularly if you go to a startup, you will almost never find sugar packets anymore. It's really weird because she's right. Yeah. 10 yeah. years ago, everything was sugar packets. Everything was sugar packets. You weren't going to find those containers of sugar. So things have changed. Right. You know, but it, that,
1: is so, that packets, is so true. Yep. I I remember the first time a c- client told me that there were packets, and I'm like, oh, how gross, how corporate, how stupid. <laughs> and then everybody had packets, and now they, yes, they're going back to regular sugar again because they want to have a lower impact on packaging,
2: right? Exactly, and, exactly. And yeah, you can even yeah, make it exist. You can bring in a sugared bowl or sugar jar Be like, you know, I brought this into the office, this is natural sugar, or whatever it is, right? Like this is cane sugar, you could bring it in and make it a gift. Be like, hey, I brought this in for the office. No more using those sugar packets. Here, you <laughs> <Right. laughs>
1: Another thing <laughs> you can do another thing you can do if you can't bake or cook is go out and buy donuts that are the kind with sugar sprinkles yes. on and then sprinkle your sugar oh, on right. top of the donut sugar. Um brilliant, yeah. It's a really easy way to work. Um, Christmas cookies, the same thing, the kind that have Mm. sugar sprinkles on top. So I am a great fan of this kind of work. If you can bake, there is a very good recipe in the book, Hoodoo Food, for um, shortbread, Harmonious Office Shortbread. And uh, you can Mm, look up the recipe there, and it tells you how to make everybody in the office love you. All right, Hoodoo Food is the name of that book. All righty, uh, looks like we are ready for our network schedule announcement and donuts. <laughs>
2: All-time specific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
0: And now it's time for our free spell segment from Heidi Holton of HeidiHolton.com in Boone, North Carolina. Take it away, Heidi.
3: Uh I've really been looking forward to sharing this spell with you. It's a very simple spell. Um, It's actually a sugar bowl spell. Um, How appropriate. Um, But this (laughs) sugar bowl is for psychic vision, and it's the St. Clair Psychic Vision Sugar Bowl. Um, So you're going to make this sugar bowl, and you can use this to sweeten your tea as you're reading your tea leaves or um, as you're reading your tarot cards um, whatever, whatever your form of divination is. Here's what you're going to need. A sugar bowl or a mason jar, a bottle of psychic vision oil, one white or purple candle, a piece of square paper cut from a brown bag for your petition, an ink pen, some granulated sugar or sugar cubes, um, one pinch of acacia leaves, one pinch of alfia, one pinch of aniseed one pinch of calendula one teaspoon plus one pinch of celery seeds and a star anise pod here's what you're going to do get yourself a sugar bowl it can be one that you already have at home or you can buy one new at an antique store you can also just use a mason jar if that's what you have on hand wash and dry your sugar bowl before you begin then you're gonna crush one teaspoon of celery seeds and brew this into a little tea. So pour two cups of boiling water over the seeds, let it steep for five or 10 minutes. strain this tea and take a sip or two, reserving the rest. Fill your sugar bowl with the remainder of tea and swirl it around. You're gonna pour this out into your front yard. Then allow your sugar bowl to air dry, having that celery seed tea dry into the sugar bowl. Then you're going to anoint a candle with psychic vision oil, pulling the oil from the tip to the center and from the base to the center. So you're drawing that oil in. Then light your candle. And by the light of your candle, write out your petition to St. Claire, who is our patron saint of psychic vision in 2nd second- Here's your petition. You can use this one or you can make up one of your own, but this is a little prayer to St. Clair of Assisi. Here's how it goes. I can look out now through the Lord's eyes. I can see the world as he created it in his mercy. I can see my sisters and my brothers with his love, and I can worship the Father through the eyes of the Son in the love of the Holy Spirit. St. Clair of Assisi, pray for us. At this point, you'll um, five-spot your petition paper with psychic vision oil. That means put a little drop in each corner and in the center. And you're going to fold your square of paper into a little seed envelope. If you don't know how to make a seed envelope, I'll provide you with some instructions below. But it's basically like a little container to put your herbs in. And to this little seed envelope, we're going to add a pinch each of our acacia leaves, Althea. Anise seeds, calendula, celery seeds, and a star anise pod. You put that into the packet, and you're going to tuck it closed. Place the packet at the bottom of your dried sugar bowl, and fill it with granulated sugar or sugar cubes. And you have made yourself a psychic vision infused sugar bowl. Saint Clair will help you with your with your visions and with your with your divination. And you can use the sugar bowl if you give readings to people and offer them tea. You can use it to drink before you give a reading. Um and that's it. It's a very simple, straightforward spell, and I hope that you like it.
4: Wow.
1: That was beautiful. My gosh, Heidi. Um that's really, really a lovely, a lovely way of working. I and thank you you wrote everything out so clearly so that people can come mm-hmm. to the chat log and see it all everything is there I have um really nothing to add to that I do think that um the idea of a a sugar bowl for far vision is something that any psychic tea reader could use right now, mm, I love the idea you,
2: of adding a little bit of psychic vision sugar to it.
1: Yes, yeah, right, psychic vision sugar. <laughs> now, there are going to be listeners who are not Catholic and they're going to go, "Well, what can I do? What 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 spirit can I appeal to?" In almost every tradition, there will be a female spirit who is um a farseer, um perhaps a prophetess. Uh, for instance, um Miriam, the prophetess, is uh, well known in the Jewish Mm -hmm. tradition. And so you could look up um, material in the sacred texts of your tradition and um, kind of tailor this to fit your religion if you are not a Catholic or don't wish to work by Catholic means. But many people will... Who are of the occult persuasion will say, "Sure, a spirit is a spirit, and I will work in the spirit of any culture." Mm. For instance, and if you, if you a, a
2: spirit of, sure, go ahead.
1: Oh, okay. If, for instance, if you wanted to work with an African American spirit who was known for being a fortune teller and always telling true, you might work with um, Aunt Caroline Die, and yeah. um, and in. Um, in the uh, uh, air, the Association of Independent Regional it so happens that there is an Aunt Caroline Dye Memorial Chapel, and there also is a Temple of Miriam the Prophetess. So obviously, some of the members of AIR <laughs> are thinking of these, uh, of these uh, far-seeing women, spay wives, as they were called
2: in
4: island.
2: Mm. Mm. And if you don't have a cultural figure to the UNA. You can also invoke an ancestor uh female ancestors in your line were likely psychic or had someone in your line who did readings or had some psychic ability or the ability to dream true. everyone in their family line has someone somewhere in that in that lineage who's psychic that you can invoke
1: mhm that's right um and uh, i i I recommend that anybody embarking on a spiritual um journey of becoming a reader and that's what these Oracle Hours are about is how do you become a reader and trying to turn people on to new and different forms of divination if you're embarking on a spiritual journey of becoming a reader um, it's a good idea to mingle with the community and that means getting a few readings giving a few readings and um, joining social media groups that have to do with divination don't take everything at face value ask questions find a teacher maybe you'll be lucky enough to find someone who will guide you seems like Heidi would be a good guide <laughs> she, she knows her business all right well there's our music so we're going to do one more thing before we give this over to Clifford and he's going to have to talk fast Heidi is going to pick someone out of the chat room this is a live chat And she's going to pick someone who's going to get a copy of the book, Stranger in the Cup, How to Read Fortunes and Tea Leaves. Pick someone, Heidi.
3: All right. I'm going to go with Lopezy (laughs) Fezzi. Okay. Lopezy
1: Fezzi. You need to uh, put in the chat your real name or how we can contact you or contact... Uh, Nagashiva, Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, that's his name, um, and uh, contact him privately. Or you can contact Nagashiva Ironwood at Facebook. Make sure you get your free book. It'll teach you how to read tea leaves. All right, I'm going to... Congratulations, Lopez Fofesi and uh, Lopezi Fofesi. And I'm going to turn this over to... Um, oh, lopez Fofesi says, wait, I have one. Well, pick another one, Heidi. <laughs>
3: Quick. oh my gosh um sig c who sig need c
1: oh Sydney, dc okay Sydney, dc you are our you get one <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> thank you though for being so honest Lopezy popesi Sydney, dc um mine, and um clifford go ahead <laughs>
0: Thank you, Ms. Katn Conjurman, and thank you, Heidi Holton of HeidiHolton.com in Boone, North Carolina, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be another really exciting guest. Um, once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Who Work Hour, brought to you the Lucky Mojo Fury Company for us in California. You can find this cat the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com and conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com Mission VO California. I'm your announcer Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. The Lucky Mojo Who Do Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash Show.html For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune again once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you everybody and goodbye. Wow!
1: As fast as Papa Newt at his fastest!
4: <laughs> <laughs> Good night! Bye-bye, all. <laughs> Good night! Good
3: night!